that's no problem. I can delete that later if I want to. It's like silk. Oh, yeah. Look at how wimpy your little thing is. Yeah, what, what, hey, you know what? I don't want to talk about how wimpy my little thing is. That, was, that wasn't part of the program. Well, let's see if I can just turn myself down a little bit here. All right, I think we're on equal footing now. That's, that's how I like it. Nope, I don't think so. Oh, there we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the second ever Me and My Friends podcast. This is your host, Michael Phillips, recording live from my apartment in southeast Portland. Today I have a man named Kyoto Sage. You will know him best as an acrobaticalist with the performing arts group Nanda, but he's also been one of my friends for a very long time. Yes, that's right, folks. I met him in high school, and uh, <coughs> where's the cough button? I don't have one. <laughs> that was a trick question. Here's a cough drop. <laughs> Thank you. I might need that. Um, but anyways, yes, Kyoto Sage, a fantastic human being, a humanitarian, living in uh, Port Townsend by way of New York City, here to visit me while his performing arts group, Nanda, is on tour this weekend. Tune in now to learn about why he is here and where he'll be performing, even though I probably won't upload this onto the interwebs until well after his performance. I like how you managed to time that. Till, you know, <laughs> It's like you kept finding things to say until the thing... Yeah, yeah it's really. Went, I didn't realize went. how hard a minute and a half would be to uh, cover. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not that interesting. <laughs> I can't take up that much time as a description. Um, um, I can edit those coughs out later is the other thing. It's can cool. you edit me so that I sound like, you know, James Earl Jones? J- uh, James. Hello, Mike. No, maybe on the That's third not- podcast, I will have Todd Bales over here, and that podcast will be us editing other podcasts to make our <laughs> guests sound as though they're James Earl Jones. Well, that's that's good. Yeah, like um, I was actually surprised that this was the, your second, considering the first one was oh, deleted. Yeah. But then again, if this one's deleted, then I don't feel bad anymore. Yeah, if, if I delete this one, I'll do the third podcast, and then I'll have to go back and do the first, and then the second, and then... Um, then that will truly be the third. But until then, it could potentially be the first if you think about it. Hey, that's what that I was kind of expecting. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell people that I deleted my first podcast. Uh, it's okay, you know. I mean, or, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's going to be one of those podcasts. I see. Um, so. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I was trying to brainstorm earlier today. I don't know if you're doing the same thing, but I was trying to think what topics could we potentially speak about if we were to do a podcast together. I wish I'd done some brainstorming because I have no idea. But <laughs> I, I think um, you know, well, we've got a, a long history to talk about. Oh that's, yeah, that's a good start. Oh yeah, we have many years together. Um, but I, I'm mostly thinking thing about things that would be interesting to our listening audience and. Also, when I think about things, I think about how my voice uh, does or does not sound like Rush Limbaugh. So I feel like I'm trying to make it sound <laughs> like I am a radio disc jockey. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is going to be an awful podcast. Whoever... That's all right. We can just edit out all the bad parts. It'll be like yeah. five seconds long. But... Yeah. Whoever's listening to this is like, I paid nothing, but this has still been a complete waste of for almost four minutes of my entire life um but you know if that if this is a waste of your four minutes of your life um i'd say go you know, 
you know, suck a nug or do something else. Or, you hey, know, I'm trying not to have that kind of language in this oh. podcast. Oh, wait, nug. I can't say nug. Well, you said suck a nug. Oh, suck. And that I has can't. a completely different meaning than oh. just nug. Like you just really only want it if it's positive, not in like you don't want to take the nug in vain. Right. Yeah. This is a positive and uplifting podcast. Okay. <clears throat> um, yeah. So anyways, um, for the listening audience, uh, I first met Kyoto when I was in high school. Uh, he was not in high school at the time, or maybe he was, but he certainly mm. didn't show up in any of my classes. <laughs> I was, I, it was more of an optional thing uh, from my, my particular standpoint. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your, uh, your high school <laughs> your education? Well, uh, let's see. I mean, you know, my high school education started at... Um, uh, I guess 10th, 10th or 11th grade. And, um, <laughs> I, uh, I found, you know, well, everybody that was cool was hanging out at lunch. So I started showing up for lunch and yeah. then one thing led to the next and I enrolled in classes and then wow, none of yours, obviously, but no, I, I was a year older than you in all fairness. Ah, oh, that's right. And that was, you know, at that point in time, one year is a long time. Oh, yeah. That I, is like an ice age. Yeah. And you've maintained that, you know, those that rosy complexion and those baby that baby face so i, I kind of forget I, I sometimes think that you know i'm the old one yeah not yeah. the case yeah well um but my first memory of you i remember this exact moment you were it must have been one of these days when you were loitering around the <laughs> lunchroom um not quite a student yet at pths but maybe um pondering such things <coughs> excuse me god <coughs> <laughs> Where's that cough drop? <coughs> I am not it, made for podcasting. How about beer? <coughs> okay, let me try a little swig. But anyways, um, my first memory of you, you were standing around a group of friends, um, probably Orion, maybe Isaac. I don't remember everybody, to be honest, but... I remember that you were wearing a fedora, and I thought it was like, oh, that's kind of interesting that he's wearing a fedora. It's the 90s, and that's more of a 50s style, and that was, you know. Yeah, it, but it was coming back. I it mean, was. There was a big swing thing going on, yeah. like the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Um, I don't know the other groups anymore, but Big, no, big I mean, Bad Voodoo Daddy. That's the one. Yep. The, yeah, those are the two. <laughs> <laughs> they both had a daddy in the title. Well, daddy was kind of a big thing for those swingers, you know. Oh, like everybody's like, who's my daddy? Who's yeah, your daddy? who's your daddy? Yeah, is that where that came yeah. from? Well, Cherry Pop and Daddy is kind of you know one of the most obscene that band is names. Really obscene. Yeah, and they're from Eugene. Apparently. I know. So, I would never let one of my daughters yeah. go to their show. Yeah. Um, man, later I could totally edit some Cherry Pop and Daddies. Into yeah, we'll this. put a little yeah jingle. Yeah, that's a, a good idea. Out. And if they sue me, you know, that would be really unfair because I'm totally exposing their music to new audiences. Exactly. Plus, I mean, they're cherry popping daddies. They obviously any press is good press for them. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Where are they now? There should be a VH1 or maybe a me and my friends podcast. <laughs> Where is he now? Like, what is he doing? Is he wealthy? He's he's. He's popping cherries left. Right. Oh, don't even say that. Well, I mean, no, if there's anything, a... I hope he's in like Ellensburg <laughs> or Clay Ellum, like wherever they grow cherries. You know, yeah, I hope he's in Clay Ellum. <laughs> I don't know where Clay Ellum. Clay, oh, oh, Clay Ellum. Clay Ellum. Is it really pronounced Clay Ellum? Near Ellensburg? I, w I, w I always thought it was Clay Ellum. 
Oh, I was ran them together, yeah. Oh. But I mean, maybe that's just what the yo- the yokel, the local yokels. The yokels call it the clay yokels, <laughs> and I've been calling it clay elm the whole time. No, you're probably I'm right because that sounds more sort of <sighs> Native American Indian. Yeah, I hope so because I've been clay telling elm. everybody about clay elm. I I represented them as a publicist for several years, and I was when I pitched the New York Times, I always said, "Hey." Come visit beautiful Clay Ellum. Clay, these are my people. Clay yeah. Ellum, uh, we, I, you know, respect my people. <laughs> it's one of the. <laughs> now we now we have a racist podcast. Thank you. <laughs> no, that was meant in the utmost respect. I was actually imitating a friend of mine, and he's not even remotely native or American, or I mean, so you're not the combination at least. Racist. <laughs> you're you're racist. You're one. Uh, doing it's one up. It's more of yeah. It's like a you know. Um, one degree of separation sort yeah. of thing. So. Well, I saw him participating in a great Native American event on Facebook recently. So yeah. he obviously loves the culture as I do, as you do. So, I mean, making funny voices is not racist. I So I, I said it was earlier, but now I'm deciding that it's not. Because I do that all the time um, about the cultures that I come from as well. Um, and I think it's great to celebrate cultures. I mean... It's it's one of the things that makes America great, is it not? It, absolutely, because we're really all native. I mean, it's been long enough. So, I mean, it's really bizarre because um, I, I keep thinking that I want to I want to look at you when I'm talking to you, but you're kind of you know behind me. Um, yeah, I notice that when, <laughs> I, when I look at you and I'm trying to um, speak into the microphone, I. Um, I get really quiet on the microphone because I'm no longer talking into it. So I have to make a conscious effort to always be staring yeah. at this thing and talking to it. Oh. And I'm kind of, you know, trying to get a one eye back over my shoulder. Like, what's that guy doing back there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your microphone is a stage mic. So it's like you're performing into it. Mm-hmm. Whereas mine's totally like a studio only microphone. Yeah. It catches every little sibling, every, every little uh, bit Snort, of your... every like swallow. <laughs> nice that was our sound effects track right there that was the moment that was like cinematic (laughs) yeah um now i'm gonna do someone walking down the stairs (laughs) that did not work oh we can't both take a sip of beer at the same time i just realized that's we need to like that's that's what we really need to look over here (laughs) make sure that i don't do that too um so i met you in high school and the thing that i was going to bring up about the fedora which i did not have time to a moment ago but what you did you were wearing it and then before i knew it you whipped it off your head and then rolled it from your wrist up your arm, over your shoulders, and back into your other hand, and then you caught it, and then you did some weird trick where you rolled it back up onto your head, and I was just like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And I was like, wow, this guy is totally cool. I gotta get to know him. I think you're talking about my brother, actually. No, I am not, because your brother... No, think about it. When I was a junior in high school, your brother was like Way cooler. No, he was not. Oh, oh, no, I was talking about my older brother. Matt. But, oh, yeah. Matt. Yeah, no, it wasn't Matt. I remember really? it was you Because he wore fedoras a lot. Oh, yeah. And he, he was, was really coordinated. He was really into the swing thing. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think we should probably say too much about him. He should be here to speak for himself. Yeah. Uh, and but his he, overalls and the, you know, dance the, the moves things, that he was rocking. The and the things, rolly. The yeah. People he was in. Yeah. But, um... 
but yeah, no, it was specifically you. I remember because that was the first time I met you. And then I know that throughout the rest of high school, like I maybe ran into you a couple times, but not really that often because I didn't ever go to after hours parties or anything. I was pretty clean cut in high yeah, school. Yeah, well, so was I. So okay, so that I was the other guy that <laughs> yeah. didn't do drugs or drink alcohol. Yeah. So you yeah. were on one side of town in in the woods, and I was in uptown with my uppity uptownness. Um, so so then, like, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't hang out very much, and we didn't play sports together. We didn't do any of that stuff. But because we had very similar friends groups, I was always hearing stories about you. And I remember while I was at college, I learned that uh, you were. Um, you played a role in a major feature film. Would you like to talk about that for a moment? Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, it was uh, it was it was a film about you know a robot that travels um, uh, uh, forward in time to say or to help a. Or, no, no, that is certainly not true. <laughs> no, I you know I get myself confused with other large muscular yeah Austrians no. um I don't actually have any idea what you were talking about uh, well, <laughs> you were in a major feature film and you don't remember what I'm talking about how many I, major feature I mean, films have you been in they were major to me but you know I usually <laughs> think of a broader scope and you know uh I you know I mean at least I don't I can't think of any that I was in intentionally it, or let illegally. Me just say, <laughs> let, let me just say that it starts with snow and ends with Sears. oh oh yeah, God you're right but I wasn't credited you know you weren't no and I, I was you played a major role I remember the moment that I saw you on that film many years <laughs> later and I was like that is my friend. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, it, unions and legalities, and but I don't know, I was paid a very pathetic, um, Calif- my apologies to anybody from California who might be listening, uh, Californian minimum wage, which actually was less than Washington at the time. That is really interesting that the movie was about Japanese internment, and then they mm-hmm. used Japanese as pretty much slave labor on the uh, as extras on the film. Yeah, it was actually rather fitting. I thought it was kind of poetic, actually. Yeah, that's poetic and, justice. Yeah, uh, and the one uh, shot dark, we made it in, you know, justice. my brother and I are sitting there on our suitcases, and actually it was between takes. We didn't realize there were filming and we were we were bored like stiff i mean this is like eight hours into a grueling day of just walking up and down this plank you know and uh and that's the shot that made it in and actually what's really funny is the guy who was in that movie who i can't remember yeah ethan hawk i had seen in another movie but honestly i saw him and i was i thought you know I recognized him, but I couldn't place from where, and so I spent most of the day avoiding, like, trying to steer clear of him, because I was worried he'd come up and he'd remember who I was, and then I'd be like, oh, shit, I don't wow. I mean, oh, That's shucks. That's pretty bold for a 15-year-old, or whatever you were. Well, you know, I thought he was just, I figured he was probably a friend of my parents or something, and I would feel really, like, you know, awkward, like, ah, you know, I should remember. Anyway, like, maybe whatever i remember when he was in town it was a big deal because you know he was a major hollywood celebrity and there we were in little old port townsend of 8500 people and i mean it's really the end of the universe there's no reason to ever go to that town and i probably took it for granted that there was ethan hawk walking around town there were reports of him uptown there were reports of him at this restaurant at that restaurant and people were just like that's all they talked about they're going crazy and 
me being like kind of a naive 16 year old i was like well it's just you know another hollywood celeb in town god i wish i'd even known that <laughs> it's just the <laughs> asshole who was trying to avoid him all day mm-hmm. yeah i know i i remembered him because i i'd seen reality bites and that was a pretty good movie although oh I, god yeah know, being a young kid i didn't really understand what that was really about until many years later but <laughs> um <coughs> I actually, I you know, later realized I knew him from Great Expectations, which is way earlier uh, and, yeah. and kind of more embarrassing. And now I wish I hadn't actually mentioned that. But yeah, yeah, that is a great film, though. It, yeah. um, it, it is. It's actually a good movie, right? I, I mean, mean, it tears at the heartstrings a little bit. It reminds me of people that I knew at that age. So it's kind yeah. of weird. Well, okay, <laughs> maybe a little bit, but you know, it's it's got a good cast. It's got yeah. it's got a stand up a stand up cast. I just I just watch it for the articles. That's <laughs> <laughs> all. Um, anyways, uh, so so there we were. <laughs> I no, this is where this is where I was when I saw that film. I had just completed my first year of college, and I was so in love with the girl that I was dating at the time that I wanted to have a long distance relationship throughout my entire first year of college. So I never went out. I never Wait, went was to this, was this Lissy or was, uh, this, this, her name was Alyssa. Oh, this was Alyssa. Alyssa. Okay. Yeah. And, and then a week before I came home from school, like a couple days after I had busted my chin open on the basketball court and had like 12 stitches dangling out of my face, uh, she called me and she, she dumped me and and i was like what why are you breaking up with me i'm just about ready to come home for the entire summer <clears throat> and she couldn't talk about it because she was going to a beck concert and then for like a decade anytime i heard beck i wanted to sl- i wasn't happy <laughs> <laughs> i was very unhappy when i heard that oh that's really a bummer because beck is pretty awesome yeah he is pretty cool and and so going back to snow falling on cedars um when I came back from my first year of college, I was so incredibly depressed and I think my parents were really worried about me. So they bought me like a television that had a VCR attached. It was the first time I'd ever had that kind of technology. Oh yeah. I remember those. I had been laying in bed, I guess for so many days straight, just totally depressed, unwilling to even move. So they bought me one of those and I went to the video store and I rented snow falling on cedars and um then i saw you in that film and i would say after that moment like when i was like oh yeah i have a friend kyota and i have other friends here in port townsend and um that's kind of like one of those moments where i started to snap out of it and i think that that summer after my first year of college was like my coming uh of age time because um no longer was i like in high school, I was a total homebody. In college, I was a homebody. But when I got back from college that year, that's when I started branching out and hanging out with friends and and learning social skills. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's never too late. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a good thing you didn't watch Great Expectations because you'd still be sitting in that bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God that came out a few years later. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so anyways uh yeah so then we kind of became friends and um and and i believe that summer we hang out with each other a number of times and then i went to college and i feel like we probably kept in touch somehow or maybe just through friends um and then it was maybe two summers later that after uh, that my parents had completely moved out of town and in that town there's no real job opportunities so anything i was going to be able to find was going to be like 850 an hour for 20 hours a week maybe so you yeah. to to help me um you know stay in town for the summer and to hang out with my new girlfriend also named Alyssa. <laughs> um you let me stay on your couch that summer and that was really awesome wow right 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 yeah do you remember that yeah i mean i thought it was awesome too my girlfriend at the time well actually she she came around i think in retrospect she probably thought it was rad yeah i i knew that i was not really welcome at the time but it's kind of an (laughs) awkward situation when you have nowhere else to go but you're like causing a domestic disturbance just by your physical presence you know actually to be perfectly honest now that I'm, i'm kind of you know it's starting to come back i think you you actually thought that there was more of a disruption than there really was. Actually, you know, the missus and I weren't exactly copacetic at that particular time oh, really? in general. So your oh, being there actually was kind of providing a good, you know, balance to the to the storm. Um, okay. And then, and then you, yeah, but I think that, you know, it probably wasn't the nicest atmosphere to be in, so you probably, yeah, probably uh, wanted to ditch, which I totally understand. I remember we had a lot of parties there, and I remember our friend Frazier um, taught us how to um, pour some of his beer out for the homies that weren't there at the time. Um, And he said that was from a famous movie, um, and so I thought that was really cool. Um, was that don't be a menace in South Central LA? <laughs> yeah, I think so. You just kind of pour a little bit out for your homies. And then there are a couple faux pas that I ran into at the house. Um, number one, I, I didn't uh, close the shower curtains the proper way, so I was hoping to build up um, mildew. Um, so I got, I got reamed for that. Really? Oh yeah. And then, um, you had a special cooking pan that you always kind of kept seasoned and all that kind of stuff. And one day I came home feeling really guilty about like being a slob in your house. And so I was like, I'm going to clean up this whole fucking apartment. I mean, this whole silly apartment. And, um, (laughs) I, I went through and I cleaned up the entire place and then I scrubbed every pan and I I got your well-seasoned cast iron pan (laughs) and I cleaned the crap out of that and then you came home and you're like um yeah yeah you know I really appreciate that I really do that was really kind of you but that's not what we do with this pan Oh, I apologize. I deserved uh, it. That was tactless. I deserved it. No, it's a cast iron pan. Who cares? And, and then so I went back to college. I finished up, um, you know, and then every summer, every break I had, I would try to come back to Port Townsend because that's where a lot of my pals were. And I remember right after I graduated, I believe it was, I came home and you had been a part of this major production called Once Upon a Time in P-Town. And that was kind of the beginning of what we'd all... Uh, uh, what would come to be Nanda? How did <laughs> how did you guys decide to do what Once Upon a Time in P Town? I mean, that was a pretty major production for a bunch of uh, young swashbuckling, you know, rebels, <laughs> hippies, hippies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. Um, yeah, we 
Well, actually, weirdly, we uh, my brother and I uh, competed in a dance competition, which uh, we we ended up winning the opportunity to go down to Disneyland and perform in front of a um, a bunch of you know producers or something. But uh, the the act that we performed wasn't even remotely dance, so it wasn't really very fair. We just performed like fighting. <laughs> um, so anyway, that we went down there. That actually kind of was kind of sucked oh wait no not sucked because sucked has got to be a positive thing yeah so it was oh no that wasn't anyway well so yeah it, it wasn't very good um we decided that wasn't going to be for us but to raise money to get down there we had created this show once upon a time in p-town so that that uh that show actually turned out to be a bit more successful than we thought it would be and there was a lot of support so we kind of you know, banded with the other performers in that show, which was uh, a couple other guys, and Nanda was born, so to speak. Yeah, and then not long after that, I remember seeing uh, a very early Nanda performance where you guys were at Chetsamoka Park, and I don't remember what the occasion was, but there's just this huge crowd of people uh, hovering around you, and you guys were juggling, like, I don't know, 12 pins or... I don't know how many you guys do when you really get cooking, but you're doing that and you're jumping off each other's shoulders and you're, you know, doing all kinds of weird, you know, talented cartwheels. I don't know what you call them, but um, it was kind of like the birth of a of a new art form, it felt like. Yeah. I mean, well, it was either that or it was a Peter Pan syndrome and we were just all really wished we could be nine years old in the backyard again and that's kind of maybe partly part of it but anyway the uh i don't actually know what instance you're thinking of but the um uh i'm getting the i'm getting the the move i'm getting the airplane i'm, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm, not, I'm not close without, enough without to the mic about it in the podcast <laughs> no i'm just saying that this is a highly directional mic so you right. always got to be like talking or straight you, you, you all want me right in, right in your <laughs> yeah. ear like this there you go so no, anyway no that's not what, what happened was let me tell you about it we uh uh, my <laughs> train of thought completely. You had Chetsamoka and you were juggling and you had a major performance. Oh, that major performance. Oh, yeah. yeah, that oh, was yeah. Uh, that was, like, that was a was fundraiser. That show or what? I think it was a fundraiser for the Boiler Room, which is a youth hangout in Port. I've actually never been inside the Boiler Room. I haven't been inside the Boiler Room in a very long time. Um, but it's a coffee shop. And uh, it was a fundraiser for this coffee shop. So we, we, yeah, I got naked, I think. No, at you one did point. not. Yeah, I'm pretty it. sure I'm that cut happened. This interview off. So, <laughs> in a but, way. Okay, so you don't really remember <laughs> this performance, but what I remember um, not long after that. So, you know, one day you guys are juggling in the park and like, you know, making balloon animals for children or whatever you're doing. And then the next yeah, people evening, think we're clowns I'm at the, I'm in uptown and you guys are soaking your fists in paraffin and lighting them on fire and beating each other up. What happened to that act? I have not seen that act in a very long time. Yeah, that act sucked, man. I had to like soak my fists in gas and then light them on fire. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. That's Who's not something you do again after that. Yeah. Yeah, we thought that would be a great idea. Um, no. It was pretty cool. I mean, that was the era before smartphones and cell phones, so nobody has a video of it, I'm sure. But actually, that, you know what? No, there was a couple of kids, um, one of whom actually works at Waterfront Pizza in Port Townsend um, now, uh, who videotaped it. 
Really? Yeah. Can he get us a discount at Waterfront Pizza? Uh, probably. Is well, it a he or a she? It's a he. Um, have I met this kid? <laughs> uh, yeah. So him and his buddies videotaped this performance, and they actually gave us a little a DVD that they'd produced of it. So I actually have a DVD of that of that show. And then they went on to um, go ahead and create a fire show of their own and basically do all the same stuff. So it was great because we didn't have to do it again. You know, these guys just went ahead and did it. <laughs> did you ever go to um, London in the early 2000s when people would come up in your face and go, DVD? DVD? You buy DVD? That happened to me a lot in other countries, but not London. Yeah, it happened to me in London. It was really, really? weird. I'm not sure what accent that was either. That sounded, I mean, because that happened to me, I think, in like Thailand. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. was just my token, like, non... Um, American? No, non, like, West Coast American. <laughs> that could be a East Coast American. I don't really know. DVD? <laughs> Would you like to buy a DVD? <laughs> yeah, that's total East Coast, yeah. Southeast Coast American. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's just a little bit different. Um, apologies to Florida. Not apologies. not really apologies. No, yeah, no I agree. Florida. That's I mean it's that's like pretty straight up. I'm state. sorry, but you know, eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take Cuba over Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for obvious reasons, too, right? Right. Every time you turn on the news, something crazy is coming out of Florida. There's actually a really great podcast here in Portland. I'll give a little endorsement right Ooh. now. Uh, they're called Fun Employment Radio, and they have um, really great segments. And uh, one theme that they often return to is weird news from Florida. And <laughs> there is so much. I mean, it's yeah. shocking. <laughs> yeah, what is it with that place? Is it the Bermuda Triangle or is it just that it's Florida? I don't know. I mean, it could be like the phallicness of it all. That's yeah. just kind of like the the dirty under parts of I mean, America or something. Yeah, isn't isn't Miami have like the highest murder rate in the nation or something? Really? Like that? No, I don't know if that's true. That was like I think that was just mm-hmm. in Dexter actually. <laughs> 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 yeah, it certainly seemed that way uh, during the filming of the the TV show Dexter. Um, well, shoot, where do we go from there? Uh, <laughs> I can't beat Dexter. Um, and so, as um, Nanda continued to develop, oh. um, we kind of be we started becoming more friends. I mean, I think that I I returned to Port Townsend after college, and I lived there for a year. And so we had a lot of time to, you know, catch up, hang out. We played ping pong. You know, we pursued creative interests. We played oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, bit. hold on a second before you jump forward in time too much. I just remembered that uh, during during that same year that Nanda formed Once Upon a Time in P-Town, there was another group in Port Townsend that formed during the, the joy and revelation of being in 2004 yeah. and uh, surviving the the, mil- the millennium turnover there, <laughs> yeah. the Y2K. And that, that, that group was the Femby International Superstars. That's right. Do you remember our very first concert at that house on M Street where it was actually the 4th of July and there are a bunch of people over. I don't know if you were there or not. I actually was not there for that. But, okay. it, you know, the effects and the legend of that reverberated all the way to Japan where I was at that particular moment. And uh, and I heard about it. That was, that was such it. a uh, historic moment in my own musical creativity because um, there was all these people. There was a crazy party at the house. Every everyone was having a good time and then they wanted to go to the fort uh the beach essentially to watch a fireworks show but i had just 
come up with a song that um, I was trying to perfect. And I was so enamored with this song that I was like, okay, all you guys go. And when you come back, me and my friend Orion, who <laughs> I've been working on the song with, will perform this song for you. And so I remember oh, that. Was I was our... there for this. What am I saying? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know what you guys were doing when you ran <laughs> off, but you came back. And it was it was so amusing because we had our our keyboard with the fake drum beat. <coughs> I think it was like some Perry. I don't know what it was. It was some March. And then um, we had that song and just the the thrill of playing that song that we had just written was just so intense. We were laughing hysterically. It, it was one of the most fun, like pure, unadulterated, joyous moments of my life. It was also the the very dawn of the most incredible and groundbreaking music group to ever hit the planet's surface in a millennium. I don't think that's true. Which I was only four we... years, I guess. But... <laughs> in the new millennium, you mean? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's the new millennium. Not I'll just take eight. that, though. Four years of... I mean, that was the era when the strokes were big and... Oh, yeah, that's true. And uh, and the Killers. Yeah. Actually, I think that's probably why we weren't very popular because... The, <laughs> you <laughs> guys were ahead of your really time. Big. Yeah. And now everybody's kind of doing the gypsy music thing. You hear yeah. pop music all the time now. You guys could have been, you know, Gogo Bordello instead of Gogo Bordello. You would have been Femby. Yeah. And think of what the world would be like now I know. instead. I know. I would not be in this apartment. You would have solved cancer. Probably wouldn't have done that. I probably I mean, would have. You know, I was, that was spitballing, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like your spirit. Um, but we were not a medical band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are a medical band. <laughs> no, that's American band. Um, uh, anyway, so there we are. We're in Port Townsend. We're hanging out more. We're having a good time. Um, I left for a while. I I had gotten to a point where uh, I think I broke up with that um, that second Alyssa that y'all heard about, um, and I was trying I don't to figure remember out remember that Alyssa actually. Lissy. Oh, that's her full name. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> now everybody knows. Uh, Dang it. And cool. yeah. So um, anyways, sorry, sorry. after after that breakup there, I was kind of like trying to figure out what the heck I want to do with my life. And, you know, you can't really get a start in Port Townsend. It's kind of like a, a place you go to, to finish, finish, not yeah. start. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked it there so much. It is a little haven. It's like the perfect place to be. So anyway, one of my great fantasies was to go to Ireland and see where my grandfather went, uh, grew up and, um, you know, did his thing. And so, I did that and then I came back and I went to LA and I'm still kind of like flailing around like what do I do and I end up in Portland and around that time that I end up in Portland I, I take a different musical path but at that point Nanda has like snowballed into this huge thing and you guys are playing everywhere you're doing stuff for Microsoft you're flying down to Mexico um what what was going on during that little era like how how come you how how was it that you guys went from juggling pins in the park and dipping your wrists and gasoline to doing those huge corporate gigs yeah well we needed something that was just a little more self-destructive so we thought you know the corporate world was the thing to start to dip our toes in no you know and then 
It just uh, kind of happens naturally. I think people fall into corporate and private events because they've got bills and they're doing this thing, and those aren't paying the bills. That thing isn't paying the bills, so mm-hmm. so they you know you adapt and you find some way for that to become the the bill paying mechanism. But you know, I I I mean, none of that is really the. That's obviously not. Nobody wants to hear about the story of how someone sold out. <laughs> you know? yeah. Tell us the story of how you guys sold out, you dirty piece of... <laughs> so, we're the black-eyed peas. And... <laughs> oh, man, now they're going to boycott my show. Shoot, man, I'm sorry. We're just... <laughs> we got to stop dropping anyone's name yeah, in this podcast. We can't talk about swear words or sexual things either. <laughs> So what are we gonna talk about? <laughs> um, and so, um, and, and and then another thing that you and I did together, we did the uh, Nanda Town, Nanda Land, Nanda Land. We we wrote a play, Ryan and myself, and then Year Four guys, the six of us wrote a really cool play. I thought, like, yeah groundbreaking musical kind of <laughs> yeah it was a groundbreaking musical i don't even know how we got this harebrained scheme in our heads but it was kind of fun so we rolled with it and then we had some meetings and we worked out the scripts and um before yeah. we knew it we were up in port townsend doing what four or five shows oh it was like two weekends i think it yeah. was more than that yeah yeah that that actually and that went pretty damn well the, the pretty dang well anyway the um you know actually i mean the reason that that happened is because you got femby which is pretty much you know the epitome of everything awesome and then me really being into femby and i was like we just got to do a show man (laughs) (laughs) and uh, mike actually mostly wrote that script i think we other than that, we went in and kind of like didn't memorize it very well, so we ended up just improvising <laughs> most of it. But he wrote a brilliant script that was in there somewhere, and uh, and yeah, and, and we got all these people that don't even do theater together, and we put on we put on the the world's greatest musical ish thing ever. And we broke even with that, right? Oh, monetarily? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, at least we had some. We had we had a guy, a friend of mine, who um, who's actually a brilliant artist all in and in, in of himself, uh, and he lives in Portland here. Al, he uh, he was actually the financial backer on that. Oh yeah, so did, he did took he make the risk. Money back? I, and I think so. I think. Okay. I hope so. If not, man, I owe that guy a beer. Yeah, I'd like <laughs> to find out actually if if we if he never made his money back. Um, I will uh, make amends there. Um, do not quote me on that, but I will say well, that you know, in this podcast. I mean, if you're not taking into account interest, I'm sure the amount of oh money that goodness. that production cost was like um, something yeah. that we could probably conjure up I if think, we really needed to at this I think point. He must have made his money back because we were charging like ten bucks a ticket, and we we didn't sell out, but we got at least like three quarters of the way filled um, audiences almost every time, right? Yeah, it was pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty darn good. I mean. Wait, this is starting to make this thing sound like it wasn't as awesome as it was because it was awesome. <laughs> it was totally cool. But you know, it was uh, it was ambitious to do that many shows in that oh, in, yeah. in a tiny town of Port Townsend. I mean, yeah. you got nine, eight thousand at that time, eight thousand people to pull from, and mm-hmm. you know, a, a theater that seats three hundred something. So, you know, you can only do so many shows, and at some point, you know, you're you're, you're literally trying to get everyone in town to get there. 
and, yeah, and considering mean, 80% really work, yeah. of that town is more on the finish side of the start and finish right. line. Yeah. <laughs> they sure are, but we love them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so after Nondaland, you guys kind of hit the gas. You guys were um, doing tons of shows. You made your mark at the Oregon Country Fair. You were doing the Seattle Moisture Festival. You're touring up and down the West Coast. Um, and uh, a couple years ago, I think it was probably 2011, you guys did a series of really successful shows in Seattle. Um at uh, the the community college there on Capitol Hill, uh, can you tell us about that show? The jacket, actually, the beginning of that was. Siri, seriously, I guess Siri thought we were talking to Siri. As Siri. usual, Siri, Siri dominates the conversation. Do you know how to shut up, Siri? Um, no, she, she just wrote, that's not nice. I thought she was going to say something. Yeah. How right. do you make her say stuff? Well, she says something different. I think. Hey, uh, Siri, what do you think of this podcast so far? Hmm. Let me think. That okay. is so lame. God, that is so lame. Let's, let's go down a different track. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Siri needs to just yeah. butt out. <laughs> Why did she even like... I'm pretty sure we should clip this part out of the podcast, actually. <laughs> Probably. What did we even say that like made her pop up? I, I don't know, but it had something to do with... Well, no, I don't remember. You're talking about Nanda. Oh, well, naturally, that would make her pretty... <laughs> uh... I I think I, w I uh, oh right the jacket shows on Capitol Hill. Oh, yeah, the jacket. So yeah, we we created a, a full length theater show with just the four of us, um, which was a huge mistake. But <laughs> no, it, it went pretty well, and it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun. We did a whole run of shows in 2011, right after we right after we created it and then actually the following year we did a whole another run of shows that uh, kicked off a whole tour we did all the way down the west coast um so that was the sort of epic journey of the jacket show yeah you guys bought like a crazy van and you toured all over and it was customized yeah. that was a really wild time you guys were really kind of hitting your stride yeah the veggie the veggie mobile mm -hmm. i wanted to call it the va the vegetastic voyager but the guys didn't go for it so it ended up being the ruckus it, that's uh, so northwest of you it's like a very ken kesey thing for you to do there they call it the ruckus or the vegetastic voyager well just to name it in the first place oh well you know i mean it was hard not to name your your rig i'm pretty sure every group in the history of groups have named their rigs hmm and that Maybe could be so. taken a lot of different ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was a heck of a tour and it um yeah, it culminated well actually it culminated back up in Seattle, but we went all the way down to LA and did a run of shows down there too. But uh the jacket show is not something we're doing currently very often. Do I really at all anymore? We're not really booking that out. 
that jacket show had a bit of controversy too because for a while somebody stole your jacket and then they were sending all kinds of nasty notes and like making it this big ordeal and you guys were like hey we're trying to perform here like we have a job that involves this actual one jacket yeah i'm not entirely convinced that you don't know anything about that actually see that's what i'm talking about what? and i have a feeling you knew about that a long time no. before we did <laughs> no i i knew you had the jacket right at the very very end right before you found out yeah that turned out to be he who must not be named are you sure you don't want to call him out right now no because then that gives him you know shameless promotion that he doesn't deserve oh yeah he really doesn't deserve that does no he, he doesn't actually they because it was really a collaborative effort it was just that the <laughs> one of them accidentally accidentally um you know blew the top off it because he forgot that we didn't know because <laughs> after three years you'd think we would have figured it out and but then he got drunk or what happened yeah uh, maybe he was drunk it's possible he definitely didn't realize that we had no idea no, no, no. I think he just told the wrong person. Oh. Yeah, I think he just told someone who didn't realize that we wouldn't know and, and then brought it up. Man, it was I good, but you know. Me. That sounds like a very me thing to do. <laughs> it could have been you. I Gosh. can't remember now who yeah, it was. I'm glad you I don't. think uh, the, the overwhelming embarrassment and rage at finding out who it was that had duped us for three years going was uh, enough to forget <laughs> who it was that oh, gave man. us the news. Well, I hate to say it, man. We haven't even gotten through our entire history together but we are at the limits of our podcast we're at the 45 minute mark holy moly and that gives us just, just barely enough time to edit out the really bad parts awesome so i guess we should probably end this thing but we can do episode two uh we can and we can delete that too and yeah you know we, we can just keep putting these up and deleting them and you know that's the beauty of a podcast love it all right, Mr. Kyoto Sage of Nanda, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, from us here at the uh, Me and My Friends podcast, um, we're just going to sign off in the most awkward way possible. Mr. Mike of Femby. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, this uh, is real awkward. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that it? I think it could get a little more awkward or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna end this.